Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello. I've been to Cardiff and back today. Oh no. Without my wallet. Oh. Yes. So did you just pay for everything with your phone? Yes. Oh. So weird. So I got out of the house and uh, I realised because I'm wearing smart trousers mm. that I'd forgotten to decant, transfer, what's the right word? Uh, the, the things from the trousers on the bedroom floor <laughs> yeah. into my smart ones. Mm. Um I thought, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to miss my train. And then I thought, I wonder if I could just go to Cardiff with no wallet, which is what I did. That's amazing to me. Very liberating. Mm-hmm. And then there were a couple of times, you know, when people ask you for money in the street, I was able to pat my pockets in a much more authentic way than usual. Because they generally were empty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find it quite silhouette slimming as well, not having the bulk of the wallet? Let me tell you something. Coincidentally, mm. I was, or maybe it wasn't coincidentally, actually, now that I think about it, I was served an Instagram advert for wallets earlier, mm. like some revolutionary, re- revolutionary wallet that uh, some guy and his dad have researched, done research and designed for 10 years for the perfect wallet. And they said, isn't it annoying when you have a wallet in your back pocket and uh, it, it doesn't fit properly? Then I thought, I would, I would never put my wallet in my back pocket. Oh, it was a certain type of man. Right. And there's also a certain type of man, i.e. my dad, who puts all his money in his back pocket without a wallet. It's just like, it's just rolls of notes in his back pocket. But just in the back pocket. Mm -hmm. That's where the pickpocketer's going for. I know, it's a confident type of man, that's who it is. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's so interesting. Mm. For a long time, I was just wrap wrap the banknotes around the card type of guy. Oh, okay, yeah, wallet free, yeah. Long, long time, and that worked fine, Mm. and then... Somebody bought me a wallet as a gift and I just got suckered back in. <laughs> but I so rarely have cash these days. Mm. Um, sorry, I wasn't going to go on about the wallet quite so oh, much as mm. that. I just said, just uh, what a world we're living in. What a world. On the way to Cardiff, so I was going for a work thing, which meant somebody else an organisation had paid for my train ticket and put me in first class. Oh, lovely. And there was a table of four women next to me. Mm. They seemed quite giddy. I don't know where they were going. <laughs> um, 
They're very, very chatty, having fun, which was a nice thing to hear. And at some point, they they decide to take a selfie of the four of them around this table in the first class carriage. Mm. And I can see them doing it. And there's something about one person trying to take a picture of four people at a train table that wasn't working. I don't know if it was arm length, but I I, I said, oh, would you like me to do that for you? And they were so grateful. Oh, yes, please. So I got the perfect angle, got them to smile, <laughs> did a couple of options. Oh, lovely, yeah. They were so grateful, thanked me profusely. Mm. Then carried on doing what I was doing on my computer. And I became aware of the phone being passed around and <laughs> a, a dissatisfaction with the photographs that I'd taken. They were an audible dissatisfaction. It was just, it was, you know... It was of, a, mm, a quietness. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to post this one sort of thing. Oh. And, the thing is, how do you take a good photograph of four people who aren't the Beatles? So no bad picture of the Beatles, but apart from that, try and take a picture of four people and something's wrong with one of them. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's only ever looking at their face. Yeah. Like I could be in a photo with somebody else and, and it could be at the moment that Bell's palsy struck them and all their facial, facial muscles collapsed. And if it was a good one of me, I'd still want to post it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you're happy with you. Because right. it's so rare that yeah. the photo... So the chances, I mean, mm. it's 25%. Well, it's... It's not even 25%, actually. I was going to say of, of, of having a good one when you're in a group of four. Somebody needs to do the maths for me on this. Not me, though. Because already the chances of you getting a good picture of yourself, mm. unless you're one of the Beatles or Kate Moss or whatever, mm, yeah, yeah. are low. Mm. And then, um, so, so that that's already a low percentage. Then when it's that times four... We we need to get an, an advanced mathematician in here to to calculate exactly what that is. Yeah, but it's not good. No, it's not, not good, good odds. So you should have sh- taken like three hundred photos of them. Not two weren't enough. I am so uh, happy daft with my own phone. Like I, my my camera roll has got thousands thousands of pictures in it. I don't care, but I worry about other people's storage. Oh right, yeah. I throw caution to the wind with mine, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm very conscious of other people's. So I never want to take more than three or four pictures because it feels in some way flash or something. <laughs> God, he must just have all the storage yeah. in the world if he thinks you can just take that many pictures. It's not an issue for me. Even though yeah. you'd, presumably they'd just delete them. Mm. Um, and then they did do another photo a little while later. Oh, they did another they selfie? They thought I wasn't noticing, oh, but I was what? noticing. They knew. They must have known. They didn't care. They did. They knew and they didn't care. They thought, give it 10 minutes. Well, I think they'd become act- actively angry at me. No, you're being the, paranoid. Let me tell you about something else happened. So at some point later, maybe an hour later, mm. I was eavesdropping on their conversation. Mm. And as I tuned in, um, one of the women was, was talking about a man. And here's what she said. She said... Uh, yeah, he's got a beard now. I hate beards. Oh, uh, you've got a beard. Yeah, I think if you're sitting next to a man yeah, with a beard, yeah, you wouldn't just say, I hate beards, unless you were so angry at him for the photos he'd taken <laughs> that you didn't care about his feelings. Why would they be so angry with you? Like, how no. bad were these photos? I thought they were fine. There you go. I'm sure they were fine. Do you know what's the worst thing, though? If you, somebody takes a bad picture of you mm. and then they say, oh, no, I don't think that's quite a good one of you. Oh. Like, oh, so that's what I look like, that's is what, it? I've had this conversation with Tom before. He, says, he said, no, that is what there is what you look like. I said, no, I don't. He said, you do. Yeah, it's painful. One thing I'll say about my wife is she knows what I look like, and I'm sure she keeps that to herself. <laughs> but she has a very keen sense 
of what I'll find acceptable in a photograph or not. Oh, that's good. Mm. Very good. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I can say about yeah, it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Great. The nice thing I can say about it. Uh, um, so I, I got to this uh, event I was at today and somebody was there to meet me. And they said, how was your train journey? I said... Great, I got a free slice of lemon and poppy seed cake. Mm. Like, oh, very good. So I'm, I'm feeling buoyed now by them being interested. I'm, going, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to go now. I'm on a sugar high. Uh, I probably over stayed on the lemon cake too long. Right. But then, a few minutes later, somebody else had come over. The original person had gone off talking to somebody else. They said, how was your train journey? I thought to myself, the lemon cake went so well. Of I'm going to say it again. <laughs> so I went, oh, I had a lovely slice of lemon and poppy seed cake for free. I'm pumped up and ready to go on sugar. <laughs> and person number one overheard me saying Oh, it. no, no, no. That's embarrassing. They thought this man has so little to say oh, it's so- that he's using an already weak mm. bit of small talk mm, twice. Mm. And you the know, truth is that is exactly right. <laughs> but, but why is that embarrassing? But it is embarrassing. Yes. It shouldn't you, be, but, but it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Cause if I'm saying something mm. and it even, even vaguely lands well, Mm-mm. I'm reusing that. I hate it when people hear, well, I might accidentally do it again in a group where someone's heard it before, something <laughs> I, I think was funny. And you can see them thinking, oh God, there she goes again. <laughs> people with an infinite well of stuff that they can draw upon a little quip that i once got a laugh for reels it out every time <laughs> god and then on the, so the i haven't told you the worst thing that happened to me yet mm. this is on the way back mm. i'm trying to think of the most efficient way of explaining <laughs> i was doing something strange is is the first part but the the strange thing isn't particularly interesting okay. but i made a video clip which i titled i'll tell you the title in a minute okay. actually okay. um <laughs> which I had to give the name to a file and then once i had that video clip i was sending it via airdrop from my f- computer mm. to my phone mm. so that i could text it to somebody okay yeah you with me yeah 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 so i do all this i see my phone come up in the airdrop i press it and then to my horror, the little circle says sending to Amy's phone. Oh, no, no, no. Now, I don't know who Amy is. But she's someone else. But the... she's someone else in the carriage. Yeah, yeah. And, and straight away, because she's not a crazy person, she declines it. <laughs> of course she does. So I think what's happened is... <laughs> she's not a crazy uh, The exact... Per- uh, the, you know, a woman on public transport, I'm sure... <laughs> You know, I'm sure they're receiving unpleasant airdrops from time to time. That's part of the woman in the modern modern world. I would have thought. I have no experience. I don't know, but but I'm sure it does happen. Yeah. So I figure what's happened is at the exact moment I pressed send to Jeff's phone, Mm. the 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 connection between my phone and computer dropped, and somebody else's Uh, phone was there, and I pressed that by mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm humiliated. So I set the thing up again, open up AirDrop, and I ever so carefully press Jeff's phone. Mm. Same thing happens again. Jeff! This, 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 we're bordering on harassment. Yes! 
So, so she declines it again. But now she she doesn't think... It's on the first one, you might give somebody a benefit yes, of a doubt. Yes. You might think, oh, somebody's accidentally airdropped that to me. I've accidentally airdropped to things to my neighbours before now. Have you? I've never, ever accidentally airdropped anything to anyone. <laughs> and I'm doing a lot of airdropping. You'd, you? surpri- you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Mm. No. So, so, so she declines it a second time. Oh, I'm, I'm actually really and, embarrassed and now. I feel like I should be walking up and down the, cor- uh, up and down the carriage saying, hey, Amy, is oh, no, Amy no, here? No, no, I just no. want to explain what happened Oh, there. no, no. Do you want to know what the file was called? Oh, God, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, go on. <laughs> say it. I've got my eyes closed. Say it. Just say it. Just say it. Is that your doggy? I feel better now. I do. I, do. I think that's nice. That's okay. Phew. Is that your doggy? Actually, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's really weird. Oh, God. Poor Amy. Right, Annabelle, let's hear from these drifters then. Okay. First one's from Antonia. I'm going to preface this a bit by saying that this this is really bad. Like, it's excruciating and not in the best taste, but done with such innocence okay. that I feel it is worthy of a place. Okay. Okay. Everyone prepared themselves. Yes. You're easily we're, we're offended. Braced. We're braced. Please leave. So Antonia says, Jeff, you recently recommended the book Strong Female Character by Fern Brady about her experience as an autistic person. I did. Jeff mentioned that many drifters would be able to relate to some of the traits and experiences in the book. I can confirm that both as a committed drifter and a late diagnosed autistic person. I was diagnosed with autism last year at the age of 40. Having lived my life up to now in a state of confusion, trying extremely hard to fit in and just generally not understanding the unwritten social rules that other people seem to have been born with the manual for, I have tried many strategies for trying to seem normal. Some of these have been more successful than others. Today, I finally plucked up the courage to share the one that lurks beneath my conscious mind and often rears up when I'm not expecting it, causing me to physically wince, bite the inside of my cheek and softly groan, no. Okay, embrace that. And you're amongst friends here, Antonia. Yes, yes. I was in my early 20s and I'd moved to a new area a year or so previously. I'd met some people who I thought were cool and I hoped they would tolerate my quirks and grow to love me for my uniqueness. I was young and optimistic and often drank more than I should in order to bolster my confidence. One of my strategies for masking my awkward conversational skills was to use silly voices or catchphrases. I was experimenting at this time with a Leslie Phillips camp, oh hello, instead of a normal hello like a normal confident person would say. (laughs) On the evening in question, I'd gone to a pub where I knew these cool people who I hoped would become my friends hung out. I caught sight of one of them, a hipster type we'll call Susie. She smiled and waved to me across the bar success, friendship, normality and really good times awaited me. My new life as a confident, popular person had finally begun, I was sure. I scampered over to the other side of the room where she was waiting. Have you met my new boyfriend? Susie asked cheerfully. I had not. He was half turned away from me as she tapped him on the shoulder to attract his attention. For the bravado, I blurted out, oh, hello, only nerves and the fact that I hadn't had a drink yet made my throat dry out and my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. 
My silly camp Leslie Phillips catchphrase, already odd coming from a young woman, <laughs> came out as a Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's style. Oh, no. Uh, her, her, oh, no. Her, oh, no. I don't even want to do it. Well, firstly, your Leslie Phillips impersonation was poor. Was poor. Yeah. And whatever that was, was... I can't tell. It was either Zippy or George. What you were beginning there, so <laughs> it wasn't. And and Mickey Rooney, of of course, in that film, yeah, is a grotesque carrier uh, stereotype of an Asian, yes, landlord who lives next door to yes. Holly Golightly, right? Yes, yes, yes. This... Nominated for a Golden Globe. No, I think, yeah, not an Oscar, but I think one of the other. But I think it's Golden Globe if they were around in those days. Some major award. Different times. Different times. Yes, yes, yes. This hideous sound escaped from my mouth just as Susie's new boyfriend turned to greet me. He was a handsome man. Oh no, of East Asian oh, no. origin. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! His friendly smile turned to a sour look of absolute disgust. I stood silently in utter horror as he spun on his heel and walked to the other side of the room away from the terrible racist woman he just met. I couldn't speak to explain as my tongue was welded to my mouth with shock at what had just happened. I'm not sure if Susie heard, as I never did pursue the friendship with her after that. I suppose the only bright side of this is the fact that Leslie Phillips can rest easy in his grave as I never attempted to steal his catchphrase again. And normalised, it turns out, because I can't do it. He was our voiceover for all those years. I know, you do it. I can't can't do impersonations, really. Oh, come on. You know I can't, no, because you're you're just trying to shift the attention onto how bad my impersonation would be. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. That's it. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. Oh, Oh, don't. I can see see what happened in him. That is agonising. Yes. I'm so sorry to I'm hear so that. I'm so sorry. It's the worst. It might be one of the worst yeah. things I've ever heard. Can you imagine trying to explain that? Oh, though? God. Listen, I've got to talk to you about something. Oh, God. It's so bad. It's so I think I, I, th- that's where, that's sometimes why I go wrong. Explaining. Yeah. But then you feel like you have to explain. Yes, but if oh. it, the sometimes the explanation is just making it worse. Yeah. It's really hard to explain that whole sort of tongue stuck to the roof of the mouth, like extremely nervous. Like It all just sounds too Leslie weird. Phillips. Yeah, it's all too weird, isn't yeah. it? Okay, let's move on to Sarah. You recently mentioned something on the podcast that reminded me of when I made a fool of myself in front of the postman 10 years ago. I don't remember what it was you said a couple of weeks ago, but the 10-year-old memory itself is fresh in my mind like it happened yesterday. I was deep in thesis writing mode, living in Glasgow when this happened. I'd been inside, hunched over my computer, barely talking to anyone for days and weeks at a time. It was also the week of my birthday and my sister said that she had sent me a gift which I was looking forward to receiving. When I opened the door and saw the postman with a massive box under one arm, I assumed that my present had arrived. The postman had the device in his other hand and he said something in a thick Glaswegian accent that I did not understand. English is not my first language, if that's any excuse. I said my name, hoping that that was what he wanted. He fiddled with some button or something on the device and held it out for me while saying something else. I thought that maybe he didn't get my surname because it's a bit long and only common in my country. So I repeated my name, but more slowly. He said something again while waving the device in front of my face. I looked at him looked at the device, then leaned forward while putting my hair behind my ears and enunciated my name slowly and clearly into the device like it could hear me. (laughs) As I was doing it, I remember thinking, 
I think I'm doing something stupid, but I don't know what it is yet. He said very slowly, opening his mouth wide for the vows. Yes, but you need to sign oh. it. Oh. I finally understood him and I was mortified. I should clarify that he was not being rude at all, not frustrated, a little amused, but did not laugh. He handled the situation perfectly. I, on the other hand, didn't say anything, did not look at him, signed my name quickly, <laughs> took the box, closed the door and slid down to the floor in shame. The cherry on top was that the box was for my roommate and wasn't even my sister's birthday <laughs> gift. The present for my sister was a much smaller box that arrived a couple of days later, which thankfully I did not have to sign for. <laughs> Send us your stories, please. Of, I mean, the, 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 I think those were both real quintessential drifter stories. Oh, so much so, If, yeah. you, if you want to know what, what we need from you... It's all in those two stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. I'll start with a little update on last week. I now have got my reading glasses chained so I can have them around my neck at all times and not lose them. You have. They're very, it's a very uh, flamboyant cord. I feel like they're the kind of reading glasses chain that Prue Leith might have. Yes. I, I said to you when you arrived, I said they're very... Um, when am I when I, when I am old, I will wear purple. <laughs> yes, yes, I love them. The only downside is that which I I would usually associate that with a a, a larger than life personality. Ah, yeah. Whereas you have a slightly smaller than life personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to overcompensate, maybe. <laughs> and I don't forget, I'm only really wearing these at home, right? And in your loft, yes. So safe spaces. Yeah, but I I approve. Thank you. The only downside to them is they keep getting caught in my hair. So now I've got to have one of those old lady short haircuts, which gets curled and set once a week. And that's going to get pricey. But, you know, that's a small price to pay. OK, moving on. Can I get something off my chest about dinosaurs? Yes, please do. So my son is heavily into them at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I find to get an enjoyable phase because I also find them interesting. Like, what about this? The T-Rex. You know the T-Rex, yeah? Mm -hmm. T-Rex lived close... <laughs> no, I've not heard of that one. I know lots of other dinosaurs, but this... this... Just checking. Yeah. The T-Rex uh. lived closer in time to the iPhone than to the Stegosaurus. What? That's how long they've been around for. And I just thought all the ones I've heard of, they were all alive at once. No, they weren't. You're blo you're always oh, mind's been blown. My mind is it's blown. a really good fact, isn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. I feel like I absorbed a lot in the dinosaur phase that mm. kids go through, but and that, that that I didn't know well, at all. It was on this new documentary about dinosaurs that Stephen Fry's doing at wow. the moment. It's brilliant. So I'm also quite fascinated by the whole mass extinction thing. And what blows my mind? That wasn't even the biggest mass extinction on Earth's life. What? I didn't even know there'd been other ones. There's been five of them in total. So what else went extinct? Like oh, an amoeba know. or something? Yeah, yeah. There's five some type of amoeba. Some bit of plant. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm quite enjoying this phase. But what I hate about dinosaurs, and I really hate this, it drives me mad, is their names. Because let's be honest, they're for kids, right? And I'm constantly embarrassing myself in front of my kid, trying to get my tongue around these ridiculously oh, long yeah. names. Like, what were they thinking of? Especially ones that you've never heard out loud. Oh, and then you so, have to read it. It's so hard. Look at animals. 
Lion, great. Tiger, great. Mm. Giraffe, Ooh. easy. Ish. Hippopotamus, the hardest, but perfectly manageable. <laughs> Dinosaurs are all dromos, dromiciumimus, and eophlophallus, and pachycephalophosaurus. Mr. Snuffleupagus. He's making me sound like I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I'm confused as to why it's necessary. Here are some short, easy to say made up words that they could have used instead. Jemp, Scump, <laughs> Blennet, Lilla, Chiddy. Took me about a minute to do those. I often think this. There are so many short words that don't exist. I know. Using the like very obvious combinations yes. of letters. Why don't they get, go through those before they start inventing longer words? <laughs> So true. Yeah. One of the few dinosaur names that I was confident in saying, Diplodocus. We're, oh, yeah. we're watching that Stephen Fry documentary about dinosaurs and he called it a Diplodocus. I've not even been saying that right and it's my favourite dinosaur. <laughs> do you have a favourite? Is it, Do you like the Diplodocus because it, cause it's, you perceive it as kind of this like <laughs> slow, almost hippie-ish Gentle guy. way of being. Exactly <laughs> that. Because I, And I tried to think earlier, why do I love the Diplodocus? Like, oh, it's like this vegetarian, like real mm. kind of like easygoing, nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So is that your favourite too? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. When Jim was in his dinosaur phase, I might, I might have been able to go a bit deeper. He was running Spinosaurus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sailosaurus, which I thought he'd um, made up and then it turned out he yeah, hadn't. Yeah. It doesn't sound real though, does it? <laughs> There's a lot that don't sound real. Yeah. Okay, one more thing from my week. I was walking along a back street close to where I live and there was an extremely long lorry. It was about twice the size of a normal one, maybe even three times. And it seemed to have come the wrong way because it had been heading down a dead end and it was now reversing away and around a corner to get out. But the driver was, obviously, because it's a narrow road, finding it extremely difficult. I walked past and my only thought was, rather you than me. So it totally fascinated me that just after I walked past, someone else walked past, a man in a suit holding the lunch he just bought, and he saw the situation and he didn't think, rather you than me, he saw this extremely long lorry and he thought, oh, I'll help. And he started guiding the lorry around the corner. The confidence of this man. Like, I wouldn't feel confident guiding a moped around a corner. <laughs> and there's no communication between the suit man and the lorry driver. No, like, do you want a hand? He just started helping, giving hand gestures that I didn't even really understand. Like, did I miss this day of school? <laughs> I started feeling bad, like I was ignoring someone in peril, stepping over an injured person to get on with my day. But I reassured myself that had I tried to intervene, I'm 98% sure the lorry driver would have said, no, you're all right. Don't, don't worry about it. So that made me feel better. I, I, I don't like making these types of gen, generalisations, but I strongly feel it is a type that does the unsolicited, <laughs> I'll help you around the corner, mate. <laughs> right. I don't think that any woman in history <laughs> has ever <laughs> offered the unsolicited, I'll watch you around, watch your back. <laughs> And I'm really not into this. Men yeah. are like this, women are like mm, this. Mm. And and I only think it's a very specific sort of man. But I th- I think it is only a specific sort of man. That's done Well, that. I'd love to hear if you're a woman and you've ever guided a lorry around a corner. Unsolicited. Unsolicited. Is, unsolicited. The unsolicited yes. is, is the important yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Help me with this quandary for the animal-loving vegetarian. Mm-hmm. We've got ants. Oh. There's no humane way of dealing with an ant, is there? I mean, one ant, I'd just let it be. Yeah, yeah. You can't sort of collect them and then release them back into the wild. No, no. there's a lot of them wandering around in our kitchen mm. across all the surfaces. Oh, yeah. And I'm delaying doing anything, but I think <laughs> I think some ant genocide is going to have to happen, and I feel mm. terrible about it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I thought I'd put it on the podcast just in case there is a... a a humane way of dealing with ants. Maybe there's a way that you can make them really sleepy so that they forget to eat and then they die. The d- so, so <laughs> a diff- yeah. A diff- more like the Dignitas version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't oh. know. I feel really bad about it. I don't mm. like to kill anything, really. Um, apart from clothes moths. They can die. Oh, honestly. You've not had any more of you. That's, they, well, only because it's gone. been colder, but they'll be back. Oh, they'll, they'll be back. Yeah. I just live with them now. Oh, right. I keep my nice jumpers in the freezer, <laughs> and the 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 amount of the all, all my like suits are hermetically sealed. Right. It's awful. I hate it so much. Nothing works. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't know what to do about these ants. Well, if anyone I knows, I would not harm an ant. No. Just a moth. Yeah. I'll even let mosquitoes bite me. Oh, that's really? yeah. That's how I that's, how much don't like killing you things. You sit with them having their dinner. Yes. Go on then. It doesn't bother me that Have a much. Snack. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if they were feasting on me, mm. lots of swarm. Yeah. I might feel differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Oh. <sighs> Made the mistake of saying I'd stick my head into somebody's birthday drinks the other night. Oh yeah. Sticking my head in, like it's fairly non-committal. It is, it is, it is, and as ever, you know, I only went out of guilt, uh, some kind of guilt. Mm. So the only reason I ever go anywhere, some sort of obligation. So this is somebody who works in the legal profession and has highfalutin friends. Mm. So I get there, I arrive at the same time as one of her other friends, and and she introduces him. You know, some people like will. And I quite like this, like do an introduction then and including the introduction, a bit of a fact. Lovely. To get the conversation love going. Love that, love that, yeah. And she said, this is, I've forgotten his name, Matthew, Tom, whatever it was. And uh, he, he really enjoys talking about the finer points of the law. Mm. And then I've got no idea why I did this. I just blurted out, oh, I hate the law. Jeff, <laughs> why did you say that? I don't know. There's not much you can do with the finer points of the law. It just makes it sound like this isn't going to be a good conversation for me. I think what you're doing is you're batting away any kind of conversation that would make you feel like you've got nothing to say. Yeah, and also it felt funny to me that somebody would hate the law. Like all of it (laughs) without exception. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So that that felt I think I said it to be funny because like nobody would hate the law in principle. And how did it go down? It, It just... 
looked confused and said, oh, oh, really? Why is that? Oh, no, didn't get it. Okay, great. So then I had to say, oh, I just I just said it. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> what was the fact about you? Can you remember? Well, she didn't get that far because oh. <laughs> I blurted out, I hate the law. And that was enough. That was your fact. Yeah. This is Jeff. He hates yeah, the law. This is Jeff. He hates mm. the law. He this gave is your Jeff. own. He can, he can get the handbrake on in any conversation. <laughs> Whatever the, you know, when they talk about how fast cars can accelerate, mm. I'm like that conversationally, but decelerate. <laughs> okay, right. Um, and then the only other conversation I had was with some guy who started telling me unsolicited ab- about the the range of marijuana that is available from his drug dealer, okay. and about how this this guy circulates a WhatsApp. Which is like a menu, and it's like a wine list, and it includes descriptions and, um, and because I'm awkward mm. and polite, I, I just say, "Oh, that's interesting." I'll tell me, you know, I, I I make interested noises, and then he starts finding a PDF on his phone mm. and just showing me this very, 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 very long list of strains of marijuana and the forms in which they come in. And I'm just nodding because I don't want him to know that I'm a square. <laughs> just a square. Not, I want him to think I'm a cool, no, cool guy. Cool. It's not cool. And and then so he starts like going into great detail about the type of high, whether it's a rough high or not. Rough one. Uh, Why do you go for a rough? Like one? the balance of all these letters, like THC, CBD. Oh man, this drug dealer. He's got. They're all exactly the same. That's all they are. He's just. He's lying. This is a made-up menu. So, th- so then to try and like get it off drugs and onto an object that I know about, mm. I say, um, do you know what someone could make a lot of money from? Is a very well-designed rucksack to accommodate this variety of different things, almost like a, a travelling salesman's suitcase <laughs> with different compartments that pop out and stuff. Somebody should design that and, and sell the the rucksack for the for the modern day <laughs> dealer of drugs. Make a lot of money from it, and then with a very straight face, he says, "Oh, actually, they." Uh, and he gave me a fact I didn't know this. Oh, go on. They all, um, according to him have bags that look like they're from Uber Eats or Deliveroo because they're massive and they they do not attract any attention because there are so many of them. (laughs) Oh, I see. I was going to say they will do now, but they're not going to search everyone, are they? Clever. Yeah, very clever. Good little fact. I mean, again, I'm very square, so probably everybody knows that already, Mm. but... um, it didn't. It didn't go. Didn't go well. You know, it makes a lot of sense now. That's why my neighbours always getting so many like Uber Eats and Deliveroo's. I feel like maybe they're not. Oh. Maybe that. Maybe I'm wondering. Well, I'm suspicious I am. of everybody. Maybe I am. Yeah. And he'd heard about that, and he just assumed. Maybe my friend had said, "Oh, over there, that's Jeff. He gets a lot of Deliveroo's." <laughs> yes. Yes. I yeah. think, I'm going to think everyone now is getting it. That's so interesting. Um, what else was there to tell you about? So. My my um, bestie from home, Chris uh, Ma, who you know, mm-hmm. turned fifty on oh, Friday. Happy birthday, Chris Ma! If you're listening, which I'm sure he you're won't, not. he would not listen <laughs> of to this. Of course not. And and Chris and I have been friends for for decades. We're extremely close, and we both turned fifty this year. He's just turned fifty. I turned fifty in a few weeks. And there was this this night last year, late last year. Where we we started talking about what we should really, neither of us are really. Let's do something 
to mark the occasion types. Mm-hmm. And, and we got talking, and, and we have never travelled together, the two of us. And we hatched this plan. We said, why don't we just just have a couple of days in New York? No, we can't, can we? <laughs> but wouldn't that be... Do you think we could do it? I mean, maybe, just maybe. And last week, he turned 50, and guess what I did? Bought him tickets for New York? No, I (laughs) went to meet him for lunch in Stockport. Oh! There's no way way it's going to happen. We got so excited last year talking about it, and and the best I could manage was going to Stockport for a couple of hours. Right. And we walked around our old haunts. That's the same thing. And then I came back again. It's very nice these days, Stockport. Is it? Mm. I mean, compared to how it was. Okay. (laughs) And I brought a little gift for Chris. And as the time approached to hand over the bag, I became very nervous. Because if I'd pitched this right, it was a very thoughtful gift based on something I'd remember him saying in a conversation some time ago. Mm -hmm. If, in fact, I was... confused and that was something somebody else had said or I'd imagined it. it it would be a deeply strange present to give to your bestie on their 50th okay yeah I bought him seven really nice pairs of underpants okay so what was the context what had he said because so that as, is weird so as it as it turned out as I was right I had to oh, remember correctly good we we went for a walk a while ago and he was saying do you not think like at our age you, you should have good underwear right like, like th- that just matches that all from one place right instead right. of a horrible hodgepodge of mm. uh things in varying states of mm-hmm. ruin so I thought oh I'll go to a department store I'll find a nice underwear brand and I'll and I'll buy them for him I'll buy him a week's worth I thought to myself <laughs> So so that's what I did, and he was appreciative of it. But I fell at the final hurdle because I only actually managed to buy him seven pairs of matching underwear and, and then a, 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 sorry, six pairs and then a seventh one from a, a different brand. Okay. And the reason for this was, mm. went to the shop. They had six pairs of grey underpants, mm. and then the only other ones they had were white. Mm-hmm. I thought, ah... Six grey, one white, fine. Bought them. And then I thought, I can't buy my friend white underwear. <laughs> Why not? Why Listen, not? Listen, there's a type of man who wears white underwear. What? I, what? Does your, Is do, there? Does your lover wear white underwear? He's, he's Over the years, he's probably owned one, right. maybe he two Right, he seems pairs. like the type who could who could do that. He's good looking. <laughs> he He has a certain type of body. And he is of an age where he's not concerned about accidental stains. All these things made me think, why am I... I would never... There's no point in my life I would have worn white underwear. I didn't know this about men. It's like, okay, so some men just wouldn't wear white. I think you have to be... I think you have to look like you could be in an Athena poster to wear white underwear. Really? Yes. Didn't know this. Yeah. Did not know this. Yeah. The only other type of white under... Because I think if you're not one of those men, 
then the white underwear ends up looking like something like Bert from the Adrian Mole books would, <laughs> oh, would, would be wearing. Sort of staying with beetroot juice. Yeah. yeah. You have to have something of the male model to you. Okay. To wear white underwear. Oh. So this I might, think. This might be bad news to some people listening who are thinking I have to throw it away now. They do. No, they do. It's the rule. But listen, if you listen to this, you probably get to an age where you should all have matching underwear all from the same <laughs> place. This, this is my feeling. Um, so that, that was... Um, that's that's the most of my week. I've got one more thing, which is Sarah and I are doing the Succession podcast again, mm. and the the new series, the final series of Succession, starts Sunday in the states, Monday here. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know so soon. Yeah, very excited. Wow. And we have guests on that show. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in the last uh, run, we had David Baddiel and Lorraine Kelly and whoever else. I'm thinking to myself, I need to start asking people if there'll be a guest on the podcast. We don't have a producer or anything. We do it all ourselves. And asking people to do anything makes me want to die. Mm -mm. I just feel so awkward doing it. Mm -mm. And uh, I have a brainwave. Because usually what we do, if you listen to that podcast, we'll have a guest on. And even though Sarah and I have spent half the episode talking about the episode of Succession that has just aired, we can't then talk to the guest about the episode because they haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just sort of talk, talk more generally about the previous weeks. And then I think, oh, I've got this friend who is well-known, mm-hmm. would be a good draw to a podcast audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I saw them... We had a conversation about succession, so I know they like it. Mm -hmm. And they live in the States, so they'll be watching it on Sunday night. Oh. I could could ask them if they'll do it, and we then can record it on the Monday when we record the podcast, and we'll have, for the season premiere, Mm. we'll, we'll have a discussion about what we've just seen, and it'll be great. So I email him, asking that nicely. And he emails back, oh, actually, um, I'm planning on saving all of Succession till the end of the series and then, and then binge-watching it all at once. Oh. Now, do you think that's a lie? And it's such a perfectly constructed lie. Mm. It means that I can't ask him to be a guest. So he doesn't want to do the podcast. Mm. And, and it's such a perfectly constructed lie that I can, it's now precludes me from asking him to be a guest on any episode oh, of the series. It's so perfect because he could have said, I can't do that day. Yeah, I'm not like, around on Monday. Sorry. Don't worry. We've got like, how many yeah. episodes are there? Like, ten. We've got, I've got 10 more weeks yes. open for you. Yes. It's a perfect lie. Yeah. If it's not a lot, if it's not, but true. then some people do like binge watching. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh, that's why it's the perfect lie. It's perfect. How can I catch him out? <laughs> you have to scour social media like twenty four hours a day. Be vigilant if any mention that he's seen it. Because he's, but I think he's he's smart enough that he would now not mention it on mm, social media. Mm. This is not the sort of thing he does anyway. Phone tapping. What about if he? But look at checking his likes. Oh, yeah. What if he hearts something? Yeah, yeah, you need to go deep. Or replies on somebody else's post. Yeah, go deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make this a full time <laughs> job. <laughs> it is a full time job. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's better than guest booking for a podcast. 
All right, Annabelle, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Okay, just getting my glasses back on my face from where they were around my neck. First one is from Sue. Sue. I travel from where I live to the office a few times a week. The journey is half an hour by train from Newark to Peterborough. It's on the main East Coastline. There is one conductor who, without fail, when checking my ticket says, oh, you're just going to Peterborough then? He glares at me like I'm trying to fair dodge. Mm -hmm. Why does he do that? And how should I respond? It's happened about 20 times and he doesn't seem to ask anyone else. I'm getting paranoid. None of the other conductors do this. Secondly, still train related, someone was sitting in my seat the other day. The carriage was half empty, but lots of the seats had the orange maybe reserve later notice on them. I sat in one of the aforementioned orange marked seats and someone turfed me out at the next stop, glaring at me as if I shouldn't be there as they had it reserved. I felt the hot flush of shame hit my cheeks as I mumbled an apology and dropped all my belongings in a rush to find another seat. Horrendous. Should drifters avoid these seats at all costs? How do we know if they are reserved, if they don't get changed to booked once reserved? What is wrong with reserved or available? Who needs a maybe reserved? Yes. Not us drifters for sure. I've never seen this. No. It's like a maybe reserved. What does it mean? I don't know. So on the electronic ones, you'll see sometimes reserved from this stop. Yes. And then you can get this thing where you think, well... Maybe I'll sit in it until that stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I always have my bags ready to go. Yeah, yeah, My stuff ready to go just in case that person then comes and occupies the seat. Maybe reserved. Have you never heard of it either then? No. And Mm. I feel like you... Because what what you end up doing is you risk losing out to somebody less thoughtful than you are. I think if it's maybe reserved, I think I... For me, it's sending me a clear message... It's saying you can sit in this until someone asks you to leave. I, th- I think the thing is... Maybe reserve. That's ridiculous. I think the thing is it's it's the speed at which you are able to gather your belongings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think at every station it may be reserved from. Mm. It's, it's like I just said about the electronic sign. You need to be poised and ready to go to show to the person that you're not just some entitled so-and-so thinks they can sit anywhere also there should be something on your face when people get on this kind of like oh is this, is this yes like yes. this kind of like eyebrow yes. raise kind yes. of like you know yeah, pleasant expression yeah, yeah. if you've got your head down that's it you're being you're doing bad but if you're looking up as if to say i'm, I'm ready to move it's yes just, it's, yes uh, that's it that's don't it. say those words like i just did no. just convey it all in your face yes in a pleasant manner the conductor the conductor yes, thing is harder yes i know um how should you respond yep just peterborough I mean, what else can you do? What about just Peterborough again? Yeah, because then you can make him feel bad for not remembering you. <laughs> yeah. Just me, Peterborough Sue. Yeah, give yourself a nickname. <laughs> Get everyone else to call it you. Yep, I am Peterborough Sue after all. <laughs> okay, problem solved. Next one. Or, or you could buy uh, an A to Z of Peterborough and have it on the table. At all times. Tattoo. Yeah, or what did things to do in Peterborough? <laughs> like a lonely planet guide to Peterborough. Great options. Thank you. Okay. Martin says, I was expecting a parcel from Amazon. It hadn't arrived by 10pm. I received a message saying that it had been delayed and they would send me an email when it was dispatched. The next day I got an email saying it would be delivered that day. Later I noticed a van pull up and thought, maybe that's my parcel. The parcel was delivered to the house opposite that has the same house number. Oh, well, it must be a delivery for them, I thought. 
Hang on, why does the house opposite have the same house number? It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. He definitely says that the house opposite that has the same house number. Unless it's a different, different street. Road, but it's like opposite. It's, yeah, but it could be a cross street or yeah, something. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 maybe, yeah. yeah. Then I got a message on my phone saying that my parcel had been delivered. I went over to the house opposite and sure enough, my parcel was sitting on their doorstep. I rang the doorbell, no answer, and unsure if it was a video doorbell. <laughs> Try... <laughs> Try to show the address on the parcel to what might have been the camera <laughs> to show that I wasn't stealing from them. Oh. Later that night, I noticed that the occupants, who I've obviously never spoken to, had returned home. <laughs> what should I do now? The doorbell might have caught an image of me, a thief stealing from their doorstep. Do I have to move house? No, but you do need to change house numbers. It's too weird. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? I think this one is fine. I think you've covered yourself with the theatrical picking so. up of the box. And if any, like if neighbours saw, neighbours saw, I think because you did the whole, yeah. Because unfortunately, because you did the whole, what you should have done is gone over there with a balaclava on <laughs> and, and grab it. Yeah. Because otherwise you could have covered your tracks by going over there and saying, can I just ask, there's not been a parcel delivered for mm. me here today, mm. has there? It's mm. just, you know, we got oh. the same house number. <laughs> same house don't number. know why, but we do. It's, it's so weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I if think. If you I... pretended to burglarise your own parcel. Yeah. That, that I really wouldn't say burglarise then, even. Mm. I'm not sure. It's, it's sort of a. I think it's an American mangling of the language. Yeah, I've never heard an English person Burgle. say it. Yeah. We'll do the job nicely. <laughs> Just as well. Yeah. Um yeah, I think the main thing you need to do is get this weird house number situation sorted out because so it, weird. Because yeah, it's gonna happen again yes. and again and again and again. Okay. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or a story for us, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we would love you forever. Uh, we do anyway, but we, you know, you get special love. Hmm. Um, that, that can only exist between a podcaster and their Patreon supporter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's patreon.com stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I mean, what do you think? Are you going to um, close with that Leslie Phillips impersonation again for us, Amber? Absolutely not, no. Then I'll do. Is that your doggy? All right, this comes from our friend Brit, Brit Aaron. Oh, Lovely to hear from Brit. It's isn't been a while, it? isn't it? It's very since nice. Had a, a podication. This says, Hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. Hi. I would like to send in a podication as I know there aren't so many at the moment. Is that still true? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I've pondered this one before, but there have been so many beautifully written ones with such deserving stories that mine may not be that interesting and a bit self-indulgent too, but I love the podications and look forward to all of them. So here's a contribution anyway. Let me tell you something, Britt. I think all that you're doing there is um, 
confirming everything we know about you. <laughs> like you've not not that uh, you'd be self indulgent, but that you're so thoughtful. Yes, that you think of yourself that way and not want to be a bother, but you never are. No, it's always it's always uh, always wonderful to hear from you. Um, so, Brit says. I would like to send a podication in memory of my dearest friend, Lynn. I think that's Karu. Karu? C-A-R-U? C-A-R-E-W. C-A-R-E-W. Karu. Karu. I don't know. Karu. 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 Sorry. Um, Karu. Yeah. I don't mean to mispronounce Sorry. the name of uh, uh, Lynn hmm. no longer with us. Hmm. And here we are sullying her memory mm. with whatever pronunciation that is but i've never come across that name in my me life before. neither me neither um who died in 2016 and it's uh in honor of our 33 year friendship i connected with lynn when she put an advert in the mums in touch section of mother and baby magazine back in the 80s lynn was 11 years older than me a counselor and a yoga teacher yet she still suffered from emetophobia like myself like sarah mm. At the time, I was concerned I would never be able to have a baby as I was afraid of morning sickness. Sarah was really afraid of morning sickness as well, I think. Um, we became pen pals. I knew from her first letter she was someone special, someone like I had never known before. We wrote, wrote to each other every couple of weeks from then on. It's nice, isn't it? Like um, pen pals. Yeah, it's lovely. Dying it's art. Pretty, it is, isn't it? Um, Lynn became a constant source of support to me as uh, she, she walked beside me through all the challenges in my life over the years with her wisdom and great insight, kindness and acceptance. In those early years, she was, in effect, my postal counsellor. Long letters I wrote about my childhood, how I felt I didn't belong as I was growing up. I was adopted as a baby from Manchester, my biological parents from Donegal. Mm. It's like you, Jeff, which is true. Um my adoptive parents were loving in many ways, but being adopted in those days was different than it is now, and parents weren't given the same information on how to deal with an adopted child sensitively as they are nowadays. This is true. I think I showed you this, but when my mum died, I was looking through some of um, some of the things that she'd saved, and one of them was the information she got from the, you know, whatever it was, like Manchester Council or whatever it would have been in those days, Um social services that that dealt with adoption and and it was a typed sheet of a4 on one's and that's it wow. no support no anything you get that just that yeah and goodbye yeah yeah it's unbelievable yeah, isn't it yeah. um where was i up to um it was painful to be introduced to people with this isn't uh this one isn't ours it's one we've adopted oh wow um I was often introduced as that one and it instead of my name. Oh, God. That oh, I'm feels... so sorry. Yeah. Brit, I didn't know that. That's that's quite extreme, I think. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, I, that's... I'm really sorry that 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 was your experience, Brit. I didn't know that. I feel, I feel awful. That's, that's, um, that's a tough thing. Um, the adolescent biological children of my adoptive parents weren't overly thrilled that this new child was staying forever and my Irish name became a subject of torment too. I had always noticed there were never any photos of me around the house, only of their own biological children. Despite being told I was loved, I didn't always feel that true sense of belonging. 
all these things I could for the first time share with someone and feel heard, held and understood. Man, Brett, that that's a lot. Like as as somebody who I feel my parents handled that as well as anybody could. And even given that, I think it's 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 kind of impossible not to have some residual stuff because of it but but then you know to 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 be dealing with that and then all that stuff as well and i you know you you obviously from reading um what you've written you you obviously have a lot of sympathy for your adoptive parents and and uh you know you're you're very kind in how you can see things from their perspective but that that feels so extreme to Mm, me mm. um Lynn spent her life supporting so many people. She sent letters, self-help tapes. Oh, yes, that long ago. <laughs> her books, cards, phones. Over the years, we also had long conversations through particularly different difficult times. We met up where she lived in Cornwall some years after writing, and it was wonderful to finally meet her. And after we met up regularly and with our families from then on, all life's challenges, Lynn was there for me as she was for the achievements and celebrations too. Milestone, birthdays, weddings and holidays. As well as a kind heart, Lynn was incredibly funny. I loved her long... Well, excuse me. What am I doing here? Like, stifling burps, mispronouncing the late Lynn's name. Poor Brit. Being visibly disturbed. (laughs) By the by, the op- some the openness, but you, I, I, Brit understands that that is entirely from, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not being judgmental. No, no, no. I'm just no, thinking no. that's you know that you've carried that and that you've kind of ended up the person you are because we we've met Brit on a number of occasions and she's great. Um, it's it's remarkable and you know it's, that's an achievement in itself. Um, and things have moved on so much. Like they just, there was no information. No, no one was told like no. what problems that could cause and what damage that could do. And yeah, um, I loved her long, amusing stories on Facebook of her journeys back and forth on the train to Exeter as she worked at the university. Lynn was endlessly patient and humorous with my lengthy messages on Messenger of my life's fears and dilemmas. She had, over the years, inspired me and given me the confidence to train as a counsellor myself, uh, which I did and worked for many years in a local hospice. Lynn had a lovely gentleness with animals and children and particularly loved our golden retriever, Molly. In the spring of 2016, after experiencing some... Odd symptoms for a few months. Lynn was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and given a few months to live. It was such a shock and devastating. And... Sorry. um, It was such a shock and and devastating. Uh, Lynn was a lifelong vegetarian, slim, never drank or smoked, was the picture of health. I couldn't believe it. I thought she would have outlived me. We often visited a cottage in Devon in the summers and Lynn and a partner, Steve, would stay with us. The summer we spent our last holiday together, we knew it was the last. We spent time around the wild ponies and minions. Um, we walked in the fields and talked for hours. I was with her in the hospital the day before she died in the August. We still managed to smile. As she said, I might be dying, but at least I haven't been sick. 
the next day she was gone. Oh. Lynn made a huge difference in my life. Um, I'm deeply grateful that I found her. If a friend is a present you give yourself, then I gave myself a wonderful present when I found her. I will miss her enormously for the rest of my life. Beautiful. It's beautifully written yeah. email, Brett, and, and what a thing. What a thing to have somebody like that. We we all should be so lucky. <sighs> so there you go. Late Stitched Podcast, podicated to to Lynn from Brit, to the memory of Lynn from Brit. If you would like a podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did something for the first time. 